This episode of Creative Control is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. The point of music is exploring. You know, we're not robots. We're not expected to do something major, you know, every time we walk into a room. And that was a big thing for me too, because I used to have anxiety where I'd be like, I'd walk in and I'd think that people would think that I was like a gonna shit gold. And like the pressure to perform was like so scary to me that I just like completely shut down. I'm your host, Casey Finey, and this is Creative Conversation, a Fast Company podcast. For years, Julia Michaels has made a name for herself in the music industry, writing hit songs for artists including Janelle Monet, Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, and so many others. But she didn't dare step into the booth herself until she wrote a song that was too personal to give to anyone else. Julia's breakout single, Issues, was featured on her 2017 EP, Nervous System, and two additional EPs and a string of singles and features later, Julia has finally released her debut studio album. Not in chronological order, codename Nico, is honestly Julia at her finest. What makes her such a remarkable songwriter is how willing she is to tap into her vulnerabilities and insecurities. In our conversation, Julie explains how she fights imposter syndrome, how being in a functional relationship shaped her creative approach to this album, and how she pushes past writer's block. Well, Julia, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. Please. No, I, I have to say, this is this is a bit of a full circle moment for me because I remember interviewing you when your EP Nervous System came out in 2017, and now here we are, finally, with your full-length album, Not in Chronological Order, which is such a great title for an album, by the way, which we'll unpack all that in a moment, but I always love to start at the beginning with my guests, and so I want to ask you, like, when did songwriting click for you in a way where you thought, I might have a knack for this because you've absolutely proven that you do. But at what point did you did you realize this is something that I'm actually really good at? Um, I think it kind of probably hit me when I was like 16, 17. I did a, a theme song for a Disney Channel show and ended up getting it. And I remember I was in my math class when I found out and I just sort of like mic dropped out of the subject. And I was like, bye, <laughs> not like you Austin anymore. And... <laughs> um, was it and... Austin and Allie or something? What, yes, wait, does it... it was called yeah. Austin oh my and Allie. Uh, and I think that was the the first moment where I was like, oh, I, I think I could actually, I could actually maybe do this for a living. How did you even land that gig? I mean, a high school student, like the fact that you found out in your math class is so telling of how like ahead of your time you are. Like you got to write a theme song for a Disney show and you found out you got the job like in high school. So how did you even get the gig? So my sister used to do demos around the city and I went with her one day and my mom, who's like a total momager and I love her so much, but I'm like so grateful she doesn't live anywhere near me anymore. <laughs> um, no offense, mom. I love you so much. That's so and, real. Listen. <laughs> yeah. And my mom was, is the kind of mom that would be like, you should sing for it. You know, whomever we, and I lit, I remember being like, mom, please don't make me sing for anybody. And of course the <laughs> thing we, she does, of course, is we walk and she's like, but baby, you should sing for her. And I'm like, and so I sang for a woman named Jolene Bell, who's a songwriter, and she was like, we should work together. Have you ever written a song? I was like, well, I, like in my bedroom, I sort of like just fiddle around. 
And she took a chance on me and we wrote a lot of like sort of library songs and songs for backgrounds of television and film. And then our first opportunity was this Disney theme song and we got it. So it was really cool. That's so cool. That's awesome. And as a songwriter, you really came out of the gate in a full sprint. I mean, in 2013 alone, which I guess we can consider your debut year as you know a fully fledged songwriter, you worked with artists including Demi Lovato, Fifth Harmony, Selena Gomez, which... I think it's big for someone who was just, what, at that time, 19, 20 years old? Yeah. That's crazy. And so when you think back on those early years, I mean, what comes to mind when you think about how you're honing your craft and how you were entering into this world of, of professional songwriting? I was working with a lot of different people and I was learning so much just by being in these rooms. I started working with another songwriter named Lindy Robbins, who was a big mentor for me basically taught me not not necessarily like do's and don'ts but sort of the process of writing she was the first person where I would walk in the room and we would just talk and she'd be like that would be a great song and I'm like oh you don't have to come in with like a title or a concept you just talk and there's there's a song there and that like completely changed my world and that's pretty much how I go about every session now over the years your profile as a songwriter has just risen to the nth degree i mean in addition to everyone i just named you've also worked with britney spears john legend justin bieber pink janelle monet dua lipa i mean the list is so long and you just deserve a round of applause for all the work that you've put in so you know what do you think artists see in your abilities as a songwriter because they obviously keep coming back to you so what skills do you think you possess that artists want to be a part of one that's very kind of you to say thank you i'm stating facts i mean your resume speaks for itself so it's like, i'm just nice you know i'm not sure a lot of the times i have severe imposter syndrome and think that everything i do is complete and utter shit but i think if people do come back i think they know that if they're gonna write with me they're gonna get a specific kind of song you know, I'm not usually the kind of person that people come to when they're like, I want to write a song about being drunk at 3 a.m. You know, usually people <laughs> come to me and they're like, I want to talk about this relationship or this breakup or this thing that I love or this person I love. And I'm grateful that they put, you know, that sort of trust in me to write that sort of song with them. Yeah, I, I honestly have no idea. I have no idea how how I got here. Why? Why <laughs> me? I think about this shit all the time. <laughs> I mean, so I, how do you think... I guess like what makes you so because you are so good at tapping into those really raw. I want to say sad because that's just that's just too simplistic. It's it's your songs. You're, you're very good at pulling out the complexities of relationships, like looking at the nuances of when two things just aren't fitting the way that they should. Like you're you're just so good at it. And clearly, you know, artists agree so i'm so not I mean, used to this many compliments i'm sweating oh like, come getting, on i'm sweating <laughs> because listen i have been following your career since you came out like i said i got i was so lucky enough to interview you in 20 in 2017 and since then i've been like just every project you've put out i've just been so floored with your with your approach to lyrics your your and just your voice itself and you know we'll get to you as an artist in a minute because i mean that's just i'm so glad you decided to step you know in the booth, the actual booth, so, and like start so, singing. So nice. So I mean, what, but, what, what is it about it? Like when you, when you sit down to have these conversations 
and to work on songs with artists. I mean, what is your process like? Because you yourself are so, you seem so in tune with your own emotions. So how is it pulling that out of an artist? What is that collaboration process like when you sit down with a Selena, with a Justin, with any of these many huge names that you've worked with? It's a fun challenge. It's one of those things too, where like a, a lot of people, like they don't necessarily know what they want to say, but they know what they want to talk about. And mm. I'm like, but why can't you just do that? <laughs> you know exactly what you're, you're talking about. You know exactly what you're feeling. You know, it's like, why don't like, let's just write that. And then there's like a click. It's like, oh, I didn't realize that I could, but you can, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think too, like artists know that I take my job very seriously. You know, I respect the process. I respect the craft. And they know that like, I'm going to walk in there and I'm not just going to give them some like, you know, D level thought, you know, it's like, <laughs> I want to, I want to be the person that you can confide in and confide in for a really long time and know that you can trust me. You know, everything that, that we do in the studio always stays in the studio. I can't even mm. tell you how many times I've been in interviews where they try to like pry shit out of me. And I'm like, I am, I am ironclad, my dude, it's <laughs> not going anywhere. I got secrets in the vault for days <laughs> you're like some therapist level shit like you're not revealing like, yeah anything. literally <laughs> yeah. this I, is just, I mean, it's like a personal nda <laughs> I, I find that interesting because it sounds so simple because you said like if you're thinking it if you're feeling it just say it so why do you think that's so hard for people that's so simple in, in many respects i mean yeah. that is songwriting getting your feelings out so why do you think that's so hard for for other artists to do because I think sometimes people are scared of them. Ah, mm, oh, there you go. I think yeah. people are scared of their feelings. They're scared of their emotions. And they're scared to let other people see those. Mm. You know? Yeah. It's vulnerable. It's extremely vulnerable, you know? Right. So, and not not every song, obviously, is going to be that way. But a, a good portion of the songs that I've been a part of have been that way. You know? And just it's just sort of like, you know, unlocking and then being like, ooh, am I comfortable with people knowing this side of me? Mm. And so for you, I mean, have you always been that open, that vulnerable? I mean, I think it's easier when you're writing for someone else because you can, you know, kind of get them to where they need to be. But you yourself are kind of hanging back in the cut <laughs> but I mean I guess like for you how have you have you always been this this vulnerable as a songwriter is that something that you had to develop yourself yes I've always been I think because you know I grew up I was homeschooled I didn't homeschool really kid yes. oh yeah <laughs> homeschooled I didn't have a lot of friends um so I spent a lot of time in my room I didn't really have like one of those happy wonderful families you know it was a very broken situation and I had music to confide in and that's always been something that has helped me understand my feelings writing things down it's funny like even if I'm having like a fight with JP or something I find that writing things down is easier for me still than speaking it because that was the mm. way that I got all my feelings down for a very long time. It helps me just to like articulate it a little bit more. But yeah, I think I've always been this way. I've always been a, a like a, a sappy, emotional human being. <laughs> Shout out to JP Sachs. I mean, you guys love are just you so adorable so together. Much. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. And, you know, of course, in 2017, you had your more public facing breakout moment with your song Issues. And You've mentioned in interviews before that that song felt too personal to give to another artist. And yeah. 
that said, I mean, it's one thing to hold on to a song, but it's another thing to actually sing it for yourself. And so what was it about that point in your career that made you want to step into the spotlight as a singer? It was that song. I think as a songwriter, you're always injecting yourself into other people's songs, you know, just so that there's perspective and there's relatability on all fronts. This song in particular happened so Sorry had gone number one on Billboard. And mm -hmm. it was my first Billboard number one. It was a, a, like, it was supposed to be like, you know, the best day of my life, you know, like, <laughs> this, is, this is like the pinnacle for songwriters. I mean, Justin Bieber, come on. Yeah. Pinnacle, like... you know, or, you know, just like, just having a, a song go number one in general. On Absolutely. Like that, that is the pinnacle, you know, no matter who it is up there. And I was in a relationship with somebody that was a producer and he made me feel like absolute garbage for having this success and was like so angry was like you know i'm older than you this should be my thing like i don't understand how you've like gotten here first and wouldn't talk to me and was so angry and i remember going to the studio and i was with benny blanco dustin tranter and stargate and i was crying oh. i was so sad and they were like you know what don't listen to that. This is huge. This may never happen again. And I remember they were celebrating same old love had gone number one on radio the same day. Mm -hmm. So everyone was like celebrating something, but I was fucking miserable. And so like Benny's like buying champagne. He's like trying to make everyone feel good in the room. <laughs> and I had issues written down on my phone. And I was like, this could absolutely be the thing that I write about in conjunction with this. So we did do that that day. And because it was like just such an intense moment in my life, the thought of having someone else sing that song like made me hurt. Yeah. And I just was like, I don't know if I can, I can give this song to somebody else. Right. Oh my God. Well, I mean, listen. <laughs> But then to... <laughs> the, the, the full circle moment is that I have uh, my second billboard. Number one is lose you to love me, which is, which is very fitting. You know, it was mm -hmm. like, this was supposed to be the song that, that does this the next time, just based off my past relationships. And I was with JP when that happened and he was the most loving, the most supportive, just yeah. the best boyfriend of all time. And I was like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny how that works? How you could just go through a very low point, but then come out with something amazing like issues. And it's like, it's, it's it, as, it as a, a fan. It was a cosmic sort of kismet moment, I think. I mean, as a fan, I, I obviously adore that song, but I'm sorry you went through that <laughs> to thank get to that point. But in a way... It needed I mean, to happen. Yeah, <laughs> like, it sucks, but it it it's weird how much it it that experience changed my life. Was there anything holding you back because it, from from deciding to be like an artist in terms of like you know singing and and whatnot? Because as I understand it, this wasn't people were kind of courting you beforehand. Like people were trying to get you to be <laughs> to be a singer, but you were more so just like you know I'm I'm cool just being more behind the scenes. And so, what if anything was holding you back from really? owning this because you've got such a wonderful voice on top of your skills as a songwriter you have such a specific beautiful voice and so i can see why people would want to you know <laughs> like get you in the booth so i mean what was what was holding you back 
That's very nice of you. It's actually funny you say that because that was the thing that was holding me back. Oh, man. (laughs) Deeply insecure um, that I, I mean, I've literally never thought of myself as a singer. I've always thought of myself as a songwriter and I just have like enough of a tone to sort of let those songs happen. Um, you have but, more than enough, just saying. It's not just en- <laughs> but I, I always just like, I think that was my biggest fear is that I just, I, and I learned to sing on the mic in the booth with autotune and I could, you know, like I could fuck it up and then I could just like, if I did it wrong, I could do it over and over and over and over again until it was perfect. And then, you know, like I'm all of a sudden doing my first performance on the Billboard Music Awards, like my second live performance ever. I'm terrified. I'm like, what if I fuck this up? I literally, I remember when Charlie Walk told me, he's like, hey, we got you a slot on the Billboard's, Billboard Award, it's live. And I was like, can I think about it? He was like, nope. <laughs> like, oh shit, all right, I guess we're doing this. Cool. <laughs> horrifying. Oh, man. I, Absolutely I'm horrifying. So- I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, you wrote a fantastic essay for Glamour and you mentioned you had a, like a full blown panic attack after performing yeah. <laughs> like at the billboard. And you said in your essay, you said, I was so afraid what they would think, so afraid that I had hit all the wrong notes, that I wasn't ready or even scarier, scarier that I was. And for me, that that really stuck out to me yeah. because being afraid or anxious of your own success is something a lot of people wrestle with, myself included, Absolutely. but no one really talks about it. And so how did you learn to step into your greatness? <laughs> like, how did you learn to just accept that? You know what? Like, yeah, yeah, I am really good at this. I still haven't, which is funny, I was which is just, why I keep I... bringing up imposter syndrome. But it's funny you say that because that was there was a moment there where so I had done a song for somebody and um, I was supposed to be featured on it. And this was before I was even like thinking about being an artist. Mm-hmm. And because I I was on the fence about it, um, uh, they they took me off and put a different artist on it. And I remember I was in a session with with Tranter and I went to the bathroom and I started crying. And Justin realized I'd been gone for like 30 minutes. And he's like, I'm just going to go check on her. And he was like, baby. And I was just like crying. He's like, why are you crying? I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't have no idea. And he's like, well, maybe you're crying because this is something you have wanted, but you're, you're too scared to let yourself want it. And we had like this, I was like sitting on the bathroom floor in a studio discussing, <laughs> um, having this conversation together in the middle of an artist session, which was very funny. Um, so yeah, that was like a big moment. And I, I think the thing that has helped me a lot, honestly, and this is going to sound so cheesy because I remember hearing our artists like say these kinds of things. And I'm like, that's so fucking lame. You're not, <laughs> that's not real at all. But it's my fans, legit. I remember one of the biggest things that, that that changed my life. I was doing the VMAs and I was singing issues. I was so nervous. My knees were shaking. I was having so much anxiety. My heart was palpitating. And there was a girl in the audience and I couldn't tell you who she is now or where she is now. But she looks at me and she goes, it's okay. You got Aww. And I was like, cool. And then I just watched her the whole time and we sang it the whole time together. And that became a thing that I would do when I would open for people. Cause that was so nerve wracking, like trying to win over fans. I would just focus on the people that knew the words and I would just sing it with them. And then when it came time to my own shows and we had, you know, 2,500 people there, then it was like, 
oh, I can focus on all of you because you oh, guys understand wow. me. We're going to take a quick break. And when we're back, Julie explains the creative joys and struggles behind her latest album. This episode of Creative Control is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. As an artist, you know, you've had three EPs, and which I mean EPs or mini albums, however you want to call them, and, you know, singles here and there. And now we're at your debut album, which debut album is kind of semantics at this point because, you know, every project is its own, has its own life. But yes. this is like your full body of work. And yes not in chronological order. Yes. I mean, first of all, I mean, how do we come with that name? Codename Nico, which I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I, love I call it title. Nico for sure, because not in chronological order is very long. You know, it's funny, I think because I'm a songwriter, people always think I'm gonna have some deep, meaningful <laughs> explanation for everything. And I called it not in chronological order because the songs are literally not in chronological order in sequence of events in which they've happened in my life. I mean, honestly, but it, I think it's fair because if you look at you know, Nervous System, great title. Inner Monologues, part one and two, great. Thanks. And then not in chronological order. It's like, yeah, because you've never put out something just Julia, no. Julia Michaels. Like, no. So it's like, you know, people people naturally will, will try to decipher yeah, what I, does this mean. When we put out Nico, my fans were like, oh, my God, another analog. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even realize that that was a thing, but that's hilarious. And so, I mean, from your first body of work, Nervous System, to now, I mean, how would you say you've evolved as a singer and a songwriter? I mean, you know, I was 23, I think, when I put out Nervous System. I was still trying to figure out who I was as an artist, you know, and then Inner Monologue came and it was very clear who I was and what, how I wanted to be perceived. I think that's changed a lot. I think too, like, you know, with time comes different experiences and I am now in love and I'm in love with someone that understands me, that is communicative and it waits for me to mm. get there. You know, that's, that's so important and I've never had that. And so, you know, a lot of my last mini albums and EPs have all been about, you know, chaotic love and chaos in love. And, you know, you, you think that that's what love is supposed to be because you see it in the movies, you see it in the music videos, you know, like it's just always like chaos to make this like passionate, beautiful love. Right. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people realize that you can have the passionate, beautiful love without all the, the toxicity. Yeah. And I think that's what I want to portray with this album is, is you can have love that feels like that without all of that. And I think another thing too is, I have anxiety and depression and I'm very vocal about all of my flaws and all of my insecurities and, you know, like what you get is what you get. And I think, you know, for people like me, we think we aren't good enough for love or don't deserve a certain type of love. And that's another thing I want people to take away from this is, you know, even if you have anxiety or depression or you, you know, you think you don't deserve it, you absolutely do in spite of what you may tell yourself. Say it louder for the people in the back. That is nice. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, JP is a fantastic musician himself. And I know that he, you know, has definitely contributed on this album. So, I mean, what was that? What was that process like for you? You know, be like, because and being in this swirl of emotions and having him on the you know, kind yeah. of work on some songs. I mean, what was that like for you? For you? I mean, we figured if the first song we ever wrote together got us a Grammy nomination, we should probably keep writing together. <laughs> 
<laughs> so not like, doing bad at all. Um, not- you know, I think when you like work with someone that you love, it can be a little scary because then, you know, you even if you you start to take things a little bit personal, if you're like, no, I don't like that or blah, 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 yep. blah, blah, you know, that's what um, I was hinting at. I was wondering how that works. <laughs> yes, but I'm so lucky. JP understands my neuroses in the in the studio. So he doesn't take it personally. He knows that like <laughs> if I'm like being a little bit aggressive or a bit alpha, it's just because I'm trying to get to an idea, even if it turns into nothing like he indulges the idea which I'm very grateful for it's been wonderful as of now I don't know what it's gonna look like five years from now (laughs) but he did do all your exes with me he did another song on my album that I love so very much called little did I know yeah I mean I'm it's been so wonderful we actually collaborate incredibly well together and I hope that doesn't change I'm knocking on the wood on my table listen I got some here I got I got I'll I'll (laughs) knock on I'll knock some wood too (laughs) bang my head on the wood (laughs) (laughs) is there a particular song on this album or really I mean any of your albums that presented a significant challenge to write or record I mean, some songs are definitely harder to write than others, but I'm I'm not the kind of person that will write a song and like stew on it for like I'm not it doesn't take me like a week to write a song, you know, like mm. I I want it to be able to just subconsciously come. And if it doesn't, then I'm like, well, maybe it's not meant to be today or right now. You know, like that's the kind of woman, for example, is a song on this album. I don't know if you've heard it yet, but yeah, of course. Yeah, no, okay. I've listened. It's great. Um, <laughs> it's a song on the album where, you know, it talks about the woman I wish I could be, mm. which is, you know, that's a big deal yeah. uh, for me. Uh, and I remember I, I brought it to Michael Pollack and he he was like, you know, I don't I don't know if this is my place to sort of like insert my insecurities and the person I wish I could be because this is your point of view this should be yours and of course he helped finesse it with me and you know make it the way that it is but we were both crying in the studio and having a a really beautiful moment together and that song was hard to write but it wasn't a challenge per se I find that I mean obviously everyone's process is different for you know not only not only songwriting but you know writing in general or whatever whatever they might do i know i'm very guilty of getting stuck on one thing and just like harping on it what are some lessons in kind of pushing past those mental blocks or those roadblocks that you have i mean because i think that that's something that i would like to start doing more of so any any tips and tricks for me there's a couple. I mean, obviously, things that work for me may not work for other people. But I'll take um, anything at this point. You know, I'm but I'm really good at pivoting in a session. Mm. If I'm like, this doesn't feel good or something, then I'll be like, you know what, we have this, we've done that, let's try something else. And you know, like the point of music is exploring. You know, we're not we're not robots. We we're not expected to do something major. You know, every time we walk into a room, and that was a big thing for me too because I used to have anxiety where I'd be like, I'd walk in and I'd think that people would think that I was like a gonna shit gold, and <laughs> and like the pressure to perform was like so scary to me that I just like completely shut down. And it took you know that realization of like, oh, I'm not a robot. Um, to to sort of like relax and be like, you know, if we get something amazing, if not, then we just, we don't. And that doesn't mean that we won't ever again, you know? And then another really big thing for me, especially when it comes to sort of mental blocks, I think I'm self-aware enough to know when I need a break Mm. and to do something that I really love 
So if I'm like, you know what, I need to go put my feet in the sand and be on a beach. I need to go see a movie, which obviously we can't do that now, but like, I need to watch a movie. I need to eat something that I absolutely love. You know, I think self-care days are so important on days when you feel blocked because you need to live life in order to have experiences to talk about them. You know, the, the question I love to ask at the end of all these interviews is at this point in your career, how have you come to define creativity? Oh my goodness. I know. I don't even know. <laughs> Can you define creativity? Past guests have. So, you know, don't oh. drop the ball. <laughs> I'm definitely going to drop the ball. Um, I don't even know. I That's a big question. I, I wouldn't even know how to answer that. I mean, if you think of, is it something, because obviously the idea of creativity is you know, creating something new or novel in some yeah, way. Or creating but, something out of nothing. Yeah. You know? And I mean, so that's for you, that's part of my job is we we go in the studio, there's literally nothing. And then all of a sudden, there's this beautiful song, we get to take it home, this like weird, tangible thing that we didn't have two hours ago. So what does that mean to you? Overall, that means everything to me. Cre I mean, creativity is, it fuels so much of my life. You know, I, I don't know who I would be or what I would be doing without it probably be a tattoo artist but that's creativity on its own <laughs> i can't draw to save my fucking life that's real <laughs> i'll get them but i won't give them <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> oh my god julia thank you so much for your time this was such a pleasure and congratulations thank you so it's, much. i was telling your team like no skips on this album it's so good i mean you know no, no skips on any albums but yeah. <laughs> this is like so so good so well put thank together so, so congrats that means a lot thank you ah, have a good nothing. day you too you too this you was too. amazing thank you oh, please it's nothing it's my pleasure so take care all right bye bye thanks for listening to creative conversation join me in our next episode when i sit down with actor david oyelowo to talk about the creative challenges of making his directorial debut see you then